Redditors what are some seriously scary disturbing ass stories that did indeed happen to you or someone you know. I was at my friend's house for poker night. We played until midnight and I then chilled for an hour. Then I decided to make my way home. I usually take my bike to him but there was very good weather this evening to be in Sweden. So I walked. We live in a 50-50 neighborhood in woods. I often don't get scared walking by myself at night but this night I felt like there was something someone watching me. I looked over my shoulder for some minutes but didn't see anything. Until I had someone's shoes in the gravel behind me. It was dark and only some light from the streetlights. He stepped into the streetlights and I what I saw was a tall man wearing all black. Big military shoes, gloves, black backpack, and the strangest thing, a weird looking Halloween mask. My heart was racing and I didn't want to run to show him that I was scared so I walked the fastest I could. I looked back again and saw him picking up two iron bars from him backpack. He started to walk towards me. I ran the fastest I could. I could hear him beating the iron bars together and I make that ding sound. I got 100 meters from him and stopped in the dark where he couldn't see me and watched him. He was looking for me and still beating the iron bars together. Then I ran home and told my friends. Funny thing is that a month later I saw the exact same man with his mask on in daylight. Walking around in our little town like it was normal. I told my friends that he was the one but didn't want to stop him because he seemed mentally unstable. Still don't know who he is or what he wanted. But yeah that's my story. The notorious serial killer BTK was waiting to kill my family. My grandfather was a prominent lawyer around those parts. And one day. My dad came back home drunk he was a screw up in his youth being around 17 or so. He noticed a car that looked different than all the cars around. Being a Mexican neighborhood. Most of the cars were low riders. Yet there was a white guy in a Cadillac across the street. Dad wanted to scare him off. So he grabbed a baseball bat and smashed the dude's window. As the dude was trying to drive away. Years later. My dad. Now a lawyer himself was walking through the jail to meet a client well as he wandered by Dennis Rader. Rader said, How's your family Mr. Maine? You know I am still not over you breaking my car window. It stopped my dad cold in his tracks. Because he realized that had he not come home that night, the rest of the family would have been killed more than likely. Or if he had been not a screw up, he would have been inside too. Instead of partying with friends. Bone chilling. My older sister was chilling on an old bridge with her boyfriend one afternoon. They thought the bridge and train tracks were abandoned. Lo and behold. Here comes a damn train. They book it. She trips. Gets hit by the train and falls 20 feet into a rocky creek. She was pronounced dead. But the doctors brought her back to us. She was in the hospital for months. Her body was shattered and basically stapled back together. But her face and head were luckily unscathed. Save for getting rattled about. Her body, though, is covered in scars that would make Vash the Stampede faint. She was told she'd never walk again. But now, she hasn't used a cane in years. She wears her scars like tattoos. She smashed cancer like it was a cockroach. She's a ducking immortal being that eats fear for breakfast. Nothing can stop her. She inspires me every day. I used to be a deputy sheriff. Got a call one night about about 0300 in the morning regarding a male wearing all black and knocking on the door to a million dollar home in a gated community with armed security. He told the homeowner he was lost and his motorcycle broke down. The homeowner an older couple in their 60s did not open the door and offered to call the cops. 
The male suspect left and then came back about 20 minutes later and tried again but was told to kick rocks. We pulled him over on the freeway and spoke with him. He was a younger white kid whose residence was in the ghetto of a major city which bordered our county. He was wearing a black suit but it was sort of ill-fitting and just didn't look right. Like maybe mom got it for him a few years prior. His story was he was looking for a house party he was invited to. He was also on felony probation for robbery. He had a backpack with him that was empty except for a huge hunting knife. We searched his phone and found he had Google Maps open with the homeowner's address in it. He drove a good distance. Easily 20 miles to get to the homeowner's home. He was very polite but the way he spoke you could tell it was fake and that he was a thug. I called the homeowners and they didn't know this kid from Adam and were quite scared. I arrested him for prowling. He went totally nuts and started calling me the n-word I am not black and threatening to kick my ass. He would not. Calm down and had to go into the restraint chair in the jail. I did some follow up and it turns out the homeowners had a plumber come and do some work at their home. The plumber shared the same last name as him. I listened to his jail calls the next day and he called someone who asked if he got what he was looking for. Turns out the person he called was his uncle who worked at the plumbing company and did work at the victim's home. We charged him with carrying a concealed knife and violated his probation. He got three years in state prison as the crime was so creepy the DA had to do something with it. Never got an answer as to what he was looking for or the whole story. Detectives could not charge the uncle but the plumbing company did fire him cause it was so weird. My aunt married her longtime boyfriend who had a teen daughter from a previous relationship who lived with them. Daughter ended up pregnant and was sent to live with family in another state. Once in the other state, the daughter reported to someone that she'd been assaulted by her father for years and the baby was his. This was confirmed and the baby died shortly after birth. She also had a creepy tattoo above her genitals that said something along the lines of property of daddy. I don't know the specifics of the infant's death or how she got the tattoo. The story was so disturbing. Local news outlets only reported that he was going to prison for sodomizing a minor. My aunt was understandably ducked up about it for a long time. Two of my mates were walking to school when a dude in a van started following them. They turned a different direction away from the school to see if he was actually following and... Yup. He turned with them. They were like 14 so... Obviously. Terrified. And to make things ever better he pulled up beside them and got out of the van. He started asking them where they were going and where their school was. One of them just shouted sorry we're gonna be late and they began running down the road. They ran into school and told a teacher that was stood by. The gate. They closed it and after about a minute they saw the guy drive past the school in his van. Probably not creepy to some of y'all but it was so scary for us at the time laughing my butt off. I mentioned this in a comment on another post but I think about this a lot. I used to work with this guy who I was super close with. We would talk after work a lot and even on our days off. One day he got a second job and I was super happy for him. He needed it so he could move out and pay rent. It was his first day on the job and we were on the phone. He was trying to be early to show his dedication to the job. So he was the first person to arrive. I was at home making my dog his breakfast and myself some coffee. He's telling me he's about to walk into the store and get himself settled. When suddenly he stops talking. I asked him if he was still there and said dude I know you're still there I can hear the wind then proceeded to say I had to walk my dog soon. Suddenly he began to breath really heavy and start saying my name over and over again and then lets out this absolutely terrifying scream that even alarmed my dog. I asked what was wrong over and over but he wouldn't respond. I hear what sounds like vomiting. 
And then he hangs up. I kept messaging him asking what was wrong and if he needed me to call the authorities. He didn't respond for an hour saying he'll tell me later. Later that day he told me he saw a bag of severed human limbs and bones in a plastic bag hung on the front door but he couldn't release any more information other than that cause the police already interviewed him and sent him home. I don't talk to him as much anymore. But I'm more than positive that if I were in his shoes something like that would haunt me every single day and night. A friend of mine used to be involved in the wrong crowd when he was younger before I knew him and told me a story that happened to him when he was about 15. He was involved with a gang and had aspirations of becoming a full-fledged gang member but for now all he was doing was hanging out with them. Handling stolen goods and selling drugs on the street so all in all he was just a low-level initiate kinda guy. Anyway. One day when he was walking back from school he noticed two guys who kept taking the same route as him. One of whom was on the phone. He was almost back at his house when a car pulled out from a side road and crashed. Into him. Not hard mind you but enough to knock him clean off his feet. The next thing he knows he's being dragged into the backseat where two guys sat on him. During the journey the people in the car kept hitting him and telling him he was gonna die. He legit pissed himself in fear. He was taken to a house. Tied up and put in the loft alone for a few hours until some of the guys came up to the loft to beat him up. They told him they were from X gang and knew he was with Y gang and were sending a message telling him he was gonna be buried alive the next day. Sure enough the next day they took HJM to some woods but then just left him there untied and drove off. He didn't go to the police about it but it turned his life around too as he cut contact with his gang and moved on. I had a friend in elementary school. See, I knew that C didn't have the best home life. But as an 8-year-old from a stable home, I didn't really understand what C's life entailed. Perhaps the second or third time I spent the night. She told me about the sexual abuse her older brother had committed against her. He didn't live in that house anymore and I had very little understanding of what sexual abuse was. But I told my parents about it the next day anyway. My parents didn't allow me to stay the night with C anymore. Though she was welcome to come over anytime she liked to our house. When I was in high school and hadn't seen C in 3-4 years. A news story broke about C's dad. Turns out. He was an avid consumer of child pornography. His defense team claimed that C's dad was looking for anything that C's brother had posted of C herself. But the jury didn't buy it. Frankly. I don't either. The man was a creep and even my baby brain knew to avoid him when I was hanging out with C. My parents did ask the awkward question of whether I had experienced anything at C's house. Thankfully. I was able to say no. C wouldn't be able to say the same. I hope she's. Doing well now. I wouldn't bother making this up. But do realize some details of it seem questionable. I had an older cousin who was the cool kid in school. One day I ran into him near my apartment and he was wearing all blue. And claimed he'd become a crip. My friend and I assumed it was just bullshit like I'm dating the hottest girl but she goes to a different school. But then my friends started seeing bloods in our very boring white suburb at the edge of farm country. Nobody anywhere near this town was in a gang. A few weeks went by and my friend and I wandered around town because there was a big football game so everyone was excited and out doing stuff before the game. We skipped the game and were walking to my apartment when a truck slowed down and drove up the sidewalk toward us. There were three guys in red. With shotguns visible behind them if you've ever seen how people would put rifles behind the seat in a small truck. I can't find a good pick. They stared at us for about 5 seconds. Decided we weren't who they wanted. And drove away. The next day. 
my friend said his mom had seen the guys beating the shit out of someone in his front yard. So she ran outside and screamed until they left it was my cousin being beat up. I am a surveyor. I work in the building industry. Same as my dad. Some time ago I met the guy who taught my dad the ropes. Just as my dad taught me. Really chill old dude. Already retired for quite some time now. Smart and still as smart as I remember my dad telling me. I mentioned to the old dude that I really don't like working on dams. They demand a very large degree of accuracy. Demand heavy working times you pretty much have to be available 24-7 and the isolated nature of the building sites sometimes attract very shady people. People who are usually trying to run away from something and stay incognito in the middle of the woods. When I said that, the dude that was pretty chill turned very sour. He looked around for a while and told me a few stories. He worked on the Itaipu Dam, in the border of Brazil and Paraguay. It used to be the biggest dam in the world. I am not sure if it still is. Anyway, building started in the 70s and work safety regulations weren't really that great back then. And he told me a few horror stories about that that I might share in some other place. But the one that stuck with me was about this guy. From Paraguay. Nobody knew his name and nobody really cared. He was a shady guy who was probably running from something and didn't share anything. Just worked and got his paycheck and that's all that mattered to the higher ups. One faithful day the concrete started flowing. From what I was told. It came straight from the concrete plant. A tube that ran for a few miles straight into the dam walls. The old dude telling the story was close to the top of the wall to regulate the level of the concrete molds. So he wasn't paying attention to the people that were mending iron and making sure the molds stayed in place. Then all of a sudden the guy from Paraguay falls straight into the concrete. After the fact no one was sure how he managed to fall. Everyone seemed to be busy minding their own business. The guy fell around 20 meters that's around 60 to 70 feet he bumped into the ironworks and hit the liquid concrete but didn't sink. A piece of rebar went through his calf and he was upside down on the liquid concrete for a few seconds before bringing his head out of the concrete and started screaming for help. The concrete was still rising. Everyone started to scramble to get the guy out of there. Throwing ropes and starting to get down there. However, people couldn't get down there. The concrete was still flowing and anyone caught on the flow is dead. People had to help the guy from up there. But he had his leg bleeding. He was panicking kicking and shaking and didn't seem to listen to anyone. According to the old guy they couldn't stop the flow for two reasons. One the concrete plant was a couple of miles away. So even if they called the plant minutes before the guy had fallen in there. He would still be buried by the concrete still flowing. Two back then. They didn't have the retardants. Additives and glues that we have today. So stopping the flow of concrete would mean losing a huge amount of money in the form of materials and work. But at the end of the day, the old guy just told me that they probably didn't care enough for a guy that had little to no documents, didn't speak out of the strictly necessary, and seemed to have no ties with anyone that worked there or any family that anyone knew of. They would probably get little to no legal trouble, and wouldn't have to give any compensation. The guy was no one and no one would miss him. And even if they would get in legal trouble and if indemnizations would be actually necessary, they would be cheaper than shutting down the concrete. So there was nothing that the guys trying to help him could do could do but watch the guy drown and concrete screaming and kicking. In less than half a minute the guy was gone under the concrete. No one could even see disturbances of him trying to move. The foreman's complete disregard for the drowning guy. 
The look on people's eyes when the guy just disappeared under a torrent of liquid concrete that there was absolutely nothing they could have done to save the poor guy and even worse, the guy kicking and screaming while bleeding profusely, grasping to cages of rebar trying to climb but trapped with a piece of metal in his calf ducked him up so badly that he said he never wants to go even close to a damn building site ever again. Those places are ducking curse to hell. He said, people go there to run away from their lives. People die in those places and people don't even miss them. Some people are never found on those damn places. Go somewhere else if you can. If you can't, just quit. I can't vouch if the story is actually true or not. All that I can say is that the old dude seemed really angry while telling the story and my dad told me he heard the story before. I live in Taiwan. I got to know an Australian here. He found a job in another city. And I went with him the day he went to meet his new employer. His new job came with an apartment. When we got off the lift, as we walked down the hall toward the apartment, we noticed every apartment on that floor had burning sticks of incense in holders next to them. After a while, I decided to not stay the night and went home. The next day, my friend contacted me to say he was back in Taipei. He then related what happened after I left he woke up in the night and the apartment was like a deep freeze. The windows in the apartment were open doors that were closed were open, and open doors closed. All the lights were on. Apparently he spent a harrowing rest of the night in that place. The next day, his new employer told him that that was her mother's apartment. The old woman fell in the living room one day, broke her head open on the tile floor, and died there in the apartment. Me and a friend were walking to the train station and we came across this big ass crow on a lamp post and right when we were under the lamp he caught. Loudly, my friend thought it would be funny to shake the pole to scare the crow away and I swear he angered some sort of crow god because after that he only had bad luck. We got to the station and the guy was checking our tickets. But then my friend couldn't find his. Our train was departing in 10 minutes so he quickly ran home to go and find it. But it was to no avail. We decided to take train later so we could buy a new ticket. The thing was, when he was running home his phone fell out of his pocket and it shattered. Completely. You coiled see all the inner workings and everything. He proceeded to have bad luck like this for most of the week. That bird still haunts me sometimes. I dated a chick that my mom dubbed crazy pants due to her pants being made of pure craziness. We started dating just after Valentine's Day 2015 and by May she asked me to go see a couple's counselor with her because I was always too happy and she expected something was wrong. Well I said no that if she thought we were having any issues I want to talk them out ourselves and she exploded on me saying I didn't care about her feelings or her out of nowhere bipolar depression. We ended up dating for another month. June 2015 before I broke up with her. She showed up to my job and sat in the parking lot just honking the horn of her car until I came. Out because I wasn't answering my cell phone cause I was at work. Dumped her right then and there and went back to work. At the time I took the train from the burbs to the city and when I got off the train she was sitting on the hood of my car in the train station parking lot. I gave her the benefit of the doubt and tried to talk with her but she wouldn't listen to me and just kept asking me to take her back. I stayed firm and said no. It was something on my mind for some time and that after her stunt today I was done. She left after that and blocked me from everything and I thought I was done. I was wrong. She would show up and sit outside my parents house for hours follow me in her car as I took my dog for walks. I had to cut through yards and sections of woods to just get away from her some nights. One Saturday night about two weeks later I was having a bonfire with my friends. 
The way we grew up is you just showed up and walked in without calling or asking and it was okay. Well we were all outside in the backyard drinking and talking when the light in my room went on and I figured my brother or another friend was up there looking for something so I went in and found her sitting on the stairs crying holding a used gym shirt. I told her to get the duck out or I would be calling the cops and she started smacking herself in the head over and over. Glad my friends followed in cause they saw what she was doing and basically grabbed her and threw her out the front door and called the cops for me. She was gone. Before they got there but said they would drive by every few days to make sure she wasn't there as I gave them her car make model and plate numbers. The last time I saw her was at my sister's wedding when she tried to get into the church but my brother and best friend saw her too and basically said if she came in they would hold her till the cops came and took her away and she left. I now live about an hour away and have not seen or heard from her in a few years. Three years ago a few days before New Year's I was at a stoplight at a four-way intersection. The light turned green and me and the guy next to me did this no. You go first thing because we would be doing a zipper merge. I started to go and all of a sudden this Silverado plows through the intersection from the left and absolutely creams this red van maybe 15 feet in front of me. I remember it was like slow motion after the loudest smack I've ever heard as the tangled mess of vehicles moved closer and closer to me. Somehow only the truck's bumper ended up right in front of my car. As soon as the vehicle stopped moving. Some dude got out of the truck and just booked it. Immediately the area was flooded with police cars and a medevac. Helicopter landed on the road. The red van was being driven by a mom with five kids who had just been go-karting apparently. Only the girl who wasn't wearing a seatbelt was injured as she was ejected from the vehicle onto the road. She was in the lowest level coma for a month or so and as far as I know she is still relearning how to use her body again. I was in absolute shock seeing as this happened literally right in front of me and if I hadn't been courteous with the guy next to me. I'd probably be the one that got hit. And that would be being hit from the driver's side. I stayed in the intersection for what I thought was 10 minutes. But in reality it was more like a half hour. Finally the police unblocked the road after the perp was apprehended. Turns out the Silverado was stolen and this was a police chase that started in MD. Apparently this guy for some unknown reason walked up to random house rang the doorbell, and punched the little girl in the face when she answered. The police were called and he was later spotted in a parking lot where he stole a car after assaulting someone. He then drove to another store, assaulted another person, and stole once more another vehicle the Silverado. Police were called again, and a high-speed chase ensued and ended right in front of me. Friend from grade school was a fantastic basketball player, I mean it was apparent he had skills even at that early age to go far with the game. In high school, I lost track of him, but found out one day. He got high. We live around lots of train tracks and kids play on them. It's just a fact of life. In his high state, he decided to hop a moving train just pulling out of the yard. He fell. Train took off his left leg. Luckily, a railroad employee saw it and came to help. Tied a tourniquet around what was left of his leg and saved his life. Basketball life dreams decimated with a few bad decisions in one afternoon. So, I grew up in a small village where the houses were situated along the forest edge. Me and my friend, from the same village, naturally played a lot in the forest growing up. One day, we were maybe 12 and 13 respectively. We were playing in an area behind my friend's house that we seldom were in. We found an old half-burned cottage there. Two things stuck out it was obviously left in a hurry and a oppressing feeling of not being welcome. Still, we checked it out. There was a bottle of ketchup on the table and a carton of milk in the fridge that dated back to the 90s, 
The longer we stayed the more this feeling of we should get out of here grew. And after a few minutes we succumbed to it and bolted out of there. My dad's side of the family has lived in that village for generations. And I asked around but no one knew anything about it. We never found the cottage again either. But to be honest we didn't really try to find it again. The weird part, that honestly is pretty easily explained, is that a couple of years ago I came to think of this place and called my friend up to ask him about it. To see if it actually happened or if it's something I imagined. No. He remembers everything. Both some of the details I remembered and some others that I had forgotten about except that he is insisting that we were playing behind my house, not his, when we found it. I work in EMS. Once after we dropped a patient in the emergency room, we moved the ambulance out of the ambulance bay at the hospital and parked it close to the main emergency room entrance and went inside to raid the EMS room fridge. As we came back out a family was walking in front of us. They had several kids with them. They asked to check out the ambulance. We let them climb in and see all the equipment. They got into their vehicle while we signed the report on our computer and put ourselves back in service. We ended following them out of the parking lot. Down the road a mile or so. And then onto the freeway. A few miles down the road they moved to the far right to get ready to exit. When a drunk driver got on the ramp the exit before headed the wrong way and hit them head on. This is a 75 mile freeway. All five of them died in the accident. I've seen some shit doing this. But I've never had my mind blown as much as just meeting these people and then seeing them get killed a few minutes later. It was such a bad accident that when we got to them, we didn't even attempt any treatments on them. The drunk driver walked away with almost no injury. When my mom was in grad school, she had to spend a lot of nights alone in the lab. It was creepy. So she'd bring her dog Hobie. One night, it was about 3 AM. She was really focused on what she was doing. And she suddenly realized that Hobie wasn't with her. She started walking around the building looking for him and heard him growling. When she found him, he had a man backed up in the corner. She grabbed Hobie's collar apologized to the man profusely, and went back to work. The next day, she was talking to her friend and mentioned that Hobie had almost attacked one of the night janitors. Her friend got a really weird look on her face and said we don't have any night janitors. My mom still doesn't know who that man was or what he wanted. My mom told me when I was a young kid like 34 I played with the invisible young boy. From what I remember his name was Garrett his favorite color was orange so I called him Carrot Garrett. I'd give him offerings of baby carrots because he said he was hungry I'd lock myself in my room to play patty cake with him. My mum found out because she heard me laughing and heard the fridge close we weren't allowed food in our room because mice and she came in my room to see me with carrots on the other side of room on my toy chest. She asked me what I was laughing about and why I had food in my room. So I told her about carrot garret. She was kinda freaked and just took the carrots and instructed me to keep my door open. I started school at 4 because I have a December birthday. But when I was at school and my little brother was sleeping, toys would go off. One in particular was an old McDonald had a farm lever pull wheel toy. But it would sing and spin. It went off the first time because she thought my brother might have awoken. But no. He was s asleep. She then went and changed the batteries I used it a lot and when the batteries were almost done it would kinda go off. But in the process of taking out the batteries. To put in new ones. It went off. It went off on the table with no batteries and was turned around stood up facing my mom. She then proceeded to throw at the duck away. Garrett would also ring the doorbell. Move toys into the hallway. Leave taps on. 
Remove blankets. Talk to me would bang on the windows. We lived in a trailer we also got a little lab puppy who would go berserk sometimes. He also wasn't fond of the back of the trailers with the rooms. Carrot Garrett was always causing trouble. When I was a kid, there was a small junkyard behind my house. There was a chain link fence separating our backyard from it. They also had a bunch of Doberman guard dogs. I guess from living in such close proximity. The dogs got used to me and my younger brother. We were around five and six at the time. We used to reach through the fence and pet the dogs. And they would lick our hands etc. Long story short, we got extra stupid and started climbing the fence to play with the dogs. One time, a friend of ours was over and he tried to join us. The dogs immediately started to attack him. He managed to get back over the fence, but not before they got a couple of good bites in on him. It probably was nowhere near as bad as it seemed to us at that age, but he did need a couple of stitches. When I was about eight years old, I slept downstairs in my family's house. Our house was built on a hill so out of the downstairs rooms only my room had a window to the outside. One night, I had my DS open pretending I had gone to bed and since it was summer I live in the Midwest I could see this guy just moving around in our backyard. In retrospect I think he might have just been a homeless dude. My window was open a crack with a window screen though and he just walked up and stared at me for a bit while grunting. He had a cigarette and that's all I remember physically of him besides his just absolutely crazy eyes. I remember he eventually piped up and said something along the lines of, Where's Jeremy? Are you Jeremy? I need Jeremy. I have something for him. I remember him reaching into his coat to get something before pounding on my window. Me. Being a spineless child screamed bloody murder and without hesitation he ran up our hill and onto the highway. My parents came down and asked me what was wrong. I told them about the strange man I had seen and they dismissed me as seeing things and then took my DS because I left it open on the bed. The next morning I went outside and found boot prints in in the dirt. I presented that to my parents. And after they, compared it to the shoes in our shoe cabinet. They bought me windows that lock. I never found out who Jeremy was. What he wanted with Jeremy. Or anything really. I doubt that man will ever come back. But I always have just a fear in my gullet he might turn up again. Asking for Jeremy. I think he might have been under some sort of drug. Or something. My community has a drug problem. I hope the dude is better now. I just really hope he wasn't there to hurt me. While my mom was young. She lived in a house that wasn't very easy to get to. They never had people come to their house. Never had people even find their house unless they'd been there before. Then one day. While she was home alone and her parents out grocery shopping. She heard a knock on the door. She assumed it was her parents with hands too full to open the door themselves. But when she opened the door, it was someone she's never seen before. He looked at her with a creepy smile. And she just slammed the door and locked it. Waiting for her parents. When she saw her parents' car come into the driveway. She opened the door and ran out to them because she just. Wanted to know she was safe as soon as possible. When her parents were in the house. She told them what happened. Neither her nor her parents knew who the man was. A few months passed, and my grandma was reading the newspaper. She saw a picture that seemed familiar, and asked my mother if she recognized it. It was the man who was at the door that night. He had been caught by police and arrested for pedophilia and murder of young girls. My friend told me this story months back and it still gives me the chills to this day. One day my friend, let's call her Jess, 
was walking down the street shit-faced as she just came from a small party containing an average of 15 people. While she was walking back to her house she passed out right there on the sidewalk. When she woke up she found herself in a room. Naked. Full of random people looking to be in their early 20s. So she started panicking as she had just woke up to some random men in some rundown room. She looked down to see one of the men. And it's hard for me to say this. Start unbuckling his belt and kneeling down too. Her. He then. Well raped. Her she didn't want them to know she was awake so she kept still and. Let it happen? Once he finished. She thought it was over but another one started unbuckling his belt and another and another until all the men got their turn. After that they started talking but she couldn't hear them as they were whispering. She fell back unconscious because of the terror she woke up again in the same place but it it looked as if they had left after that she told me she walked up to my house and knocked and that's when my part comes. She comes in keeping at arm's length and I can see she is clearly terrified with bruises all around her arms and thighs as she hadn't obtained any clothes she walked back to my house naked. When I offered her clothes she started to tear up and went to hug me but stopped midway and backed up scared. I got her a drink and some food and offered to take her back home she said she didn't want to be alone again so she stayed the night at my place but slept on the couch as she didn't trust me out of fear that I would do the same to her. That friend has been with me for two years and has been going to therapy. I hope that no one should ever experience what she did and it still breaks my hearing to think about what happened. This isn't really creepy but it was pretty scary for us. It was 2am in Finland we were 17. Me and my friends were driving around the little town we lived in. We were getting a little hungry and decided to go to the only restaurant open. This is a town so small that the restaurant is literally the only business open at that time. We drive near it and park. We see that there are some people coming from a bar to get food and we wait for them to clear. Then some drunk guy comes up to us and we just say hi and listen to him talk about stuff and we keep nodding. Then we tell him that sorry but we are going to go get some food now. He says that he is coming with us. Then we go in. We ask for a kebab but the owner says that he has already shut down the machine so he can only offer pizza. The drunk guy starts yelling at the owner that we should get our kebab. Then we choose our pizzas we chose kebab pizzas but somehow he was able to make those then we sit down at a table making sure there is no room for the drunk guy and he pulls a chair from another table and comes to sit with us. Now we are a bit scared already because he is in our way if we need to escape or something. He starts telling us about stealing beer from a local hotel. Then he starts telling us how he and his friend have killed over 200 people. We just keep nodding. I look at the pizzaman and try to signal that we have a problem but they didn't seem to understand. Then, the guy says he will do a flip onto the table and then a flip trough the window and a flip back trough the window onto the table. Then the dude actually stands up on his chair and we calm him down from that. The owner brings us our pizzas and we start walking towards the door. The drunk guy starts collecting his stuff and says that he wants a ride. We ducking bolt out of the door as fast as we can into the car and lock the doors. As we look back the guy is running out of the door towards the car. We start in reverse and just gun it out of there. The guy chasing us trying to hit the car with his fist. We park nearby and look at him going to yell at the owner who is locking the door. The owner goes into his Volvo and drives off. The drunk guy lies on the ground but suddenly he stands up and sprints down some. Alley. We drove away to another parking lot to eat our pizza. I was contemplating saying that I need to go to the bathroom and call the cops from there because the guy was telling us how he will kill the pizza place workers because they are from another country than Finland and he will give us the cash register. 23-year-old guy thought that he was a 300-year-old werewolf. I don't mean he said he was. I meant he genuinely thought he was a werewolf.
He was dating a 12-year-old girl, whose parent told her to stop seeing him. So instead of not seeing each other, they formed a plan and ended up killing her parents and her 8-year-old brother. After they got caught, he proposed to her in jail, and she said yes. He is serving three life sentences, while she has already served the maximum and is now living under a new identity. Recently moved out of my dad's house a couple months ago. We always felt that the house always felt creepy anyway fast forward a couple months and my dad's partner at the time starts noticing weird things happening like coming home and all the lights being on. Waking up and the stove being turned on etc. Well anyway a couple weeks ago she was prepping food and all of a sudden the kitchen knife she left on the bench started rotating fairly quickly. So she goes out and grabs her phone and the knife is still rotating. Still can't think of an explanation. Who knows super creepy stuff though. Thanks for watching. Don't leave before leaving a like to this video, also hit the subscribe button to support my work. And as always, have a horrific nightmare my dear.